C. diff spores and more is brought to you in part by Rebiotics, Microbiota Restoration Therapy. Welcome to C. diff spores and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program and thank everybody for joining us today. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Rebiotics, a Faring Pharmaceutical Company, for their generous support. You can find out more about their microbiome research and clinical trials at www.rebiotics.com. And right now, uh, we have our special guest, and it's, this is a very special episode today. Uh, our special guest today is uh, Kevin Hirsch, international health coach. And together, we welcome Dr. Dale Girding today with the brave and inspiring C. diff survivors, Jennifer, Angela, and Robin. Uh, our guests today join us to discuss C. diff infections from the diagnosis to recovery. And right now, let's welcome Kevin Hirsch. And our guest, Jennifer, and we welcome you to the program. Thank you very much, Nancy, and everybody. It's always an honor to be on your show. And you know I do a lot of shows with you guys. Every one of them is a blast, and I always learn from them. And right now, I'm going to have the honor to speak to Jennifer, who's a C. diff survivor. Jennifer, how are you doing today? Yes. Hi. I'm so, so glad to be here. How are you? Oh, doing well, and I'm really excited that you're here too, Jennifer, because you know what? I've been um, thinking about you, and I know you're going to inspire a lot of folks. So can I ask you a few questions? Will that will that be okay with you? I would love that. Yes, I'm so excited to answer your questions. Okay, here, we're going to start off with how long ago were you first diagnosed with a C. difficile infection? Yes, so... My first diagnosis was actually in April of 2018. Um, However, I'm pretty sure that I already had it for a few months prior to my diagnosis um, due to the fact that I already had uh, IBS and collagenous colitis prior to the diagnosis. I already dealt with... Um, the symptoms of C. difficile, which we know are, you know, diarrhea, abdominal pain, um, cramping, and I already dealt with those for many years. So when this originally started, um, my doctors didn't express any type of concern and really kept holding me off and waiting to even do any kind of testing. So by the time it was found, it was pretty pretty well progressed. Oh, wow! You know, you know, and I can see all that happening. That that's that's interesting. Wow! And uh, hey, when when um, does your da- does your physician have an idea of how long of, of how you acquired this? I mean, you had it for so many years. Yeah. So um, there are some assumptions that they have really. Exactly how I got it, we don't know, but there are some things that went on that we know definitely contributed. So the -hmm. first thing was that um, I was prescribed several rounds of an antibiotic called clindamycin um, the year prior. Um, I do have a lot of health issues, and um, I was having some issues with my bladder and um, my primary care doctor at the time, instead of having me go and getting checked out, he 
he started prescribing me antibiotics. And I was prescribed three rounds of clindamycin before I was ever tested, found not to even have uh, a UTI. And um, we believe that because of these antibiotics, it put me at risk. Um, I was then exposed to, we believe, the um, infection because I had visited my husband's grandfather in his nursing mm-hmm. home. Um, and we don't know for sure, but we're pretty sure that it was at the time, and it was pretty short after that um, I started experiencing those symptoms. And, and how how was your first diagnosis treated, Jennifer? My first diagnosis, I was just put um, on vancomycin. Um, I was not put in the hospital or anything like that. I was just put on vancomycin, um, and I believe I took that. Gosh, I can't even remember. It's it's kind of hard to remember that far back, but just the vancomycin the first time. And and did you have any reoccurrences? And if you did, how many were there? Yes. So I ended up having five reoccurrences in total. Um, over a period of the full nine months that I went through this. Um, The first uh, three reoccurrences I had before my first um, FMT, which is the um, fecal transplant that I'm sure we'll get into, Um, and the first FMT I have did fail. That was a, um, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here, and I apologize if I am, um, that was done via capsule, and that was the first treatment that was offered to me. And um, as a lot of us know, you're not given the opportunity to have this fecal transplant until you've had um, this reoccurrence three times. Mm-hmm. So once I had the reoccurrence three times, I was given the opportunity to have the FMT, which I did. And after that first FMT, I was and again within a week. Okay, so if, so if I was to ask you if you had any further C. diff reoccurrences yeah. after FMT, you'd say? Yes. You did? Mm-hmm. Well, what right, I was and, told was mm-hmm. that that completely failed and that it was the same infection. Right. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. You know, I kind of gra- grapple with, was it a new infection? Is it the same infection? I don't know. I just, kn- that's what they said, I guess, because it was only a week okay. and it, okay. you know, sorry to there's a, there's a question. I just want to back up one question because you were talking about FMT, sure. and I wanted to jump to that question. But it, was there sure, was there ahead. a time Absolutely. was there a time or a place at when um, when you and your physician discussed moving to an investigational treatment, the FMT? Was there yeah. was there a certain place? Go ahead. Yes. So I began asking for the FMT pretty much from the second um, reoccurrence. And I was told no, that I couldn't have it, that I had to have um, C. diff three times. Um, And so my gastroenterologist sent me to an infectious disease doctor who I met with. And at that time, I was told by the infectious disease doctor that I didn't meet kind of these things that you have to meet in order to get it and that you would... I would need to have another infection. 
So I did have to wait until that third infection and try the vancomycin probiotics um, in order to get that. And even when I did have the third um, infection, I was still not really given an opportunity to, like, choose. Um, can I have it via colonoscopy? Can I have it via capsule? I was really only given, like, this is what you can do. And um, that was very, very frustrating for me as a patient who just wanted to get well and didn't want to be sick and felt like I was learning bits and pieces of information about how to deal with this illness at a time and wasn't being given all the information up front. Uh, very, very frustrating to yeah. really have to go out there and learn everything I felt like by myself, which is how I found out about this EGIS information, purely out of frustration with the medical community, that they weren't giving me all the information, that they weren't helping me, and they weren't mm. being clear with me. They really were not being clear. You know, you know with all of this going on in your life, um, can you recall when the second FMT took place? Yes, so the second FMT was in, it was in um, February of 2019. Um, so the last reinfection was in, um, and that was uh, one of the worst times it got. I actually got um, pancolitis in my whole entire um, abdom- abdominal. I was preceptic. I had 104 fever. I, I literally almost did not survive this infection. And at that point, my husband had had it with the doctors that were, help, were quote-unquote, helping us and reached out to the CDIS, um Foundation and um, sent an email. And basically, it was just like, you know, my wife is dying in front of me. I started this journey out at 145 pounds. At that point, I was 98 pounds. I'm still now, to this day, about 101. Um, you know, just watching me just suffer and, and die. And so we reached out to the foundation, um, did a lot of research on our own, found a list of doctors that would treat this, and reached out on our own to a doctor local to Pennsylvania. It's about two hours away. And right. called them up and made an appointment and... Um, they were able to set us up with a fecal transplant uh, via colonoscopy. Oh, my gosh. And um, that is what actually ended up um, healing the infection. And I have been deathly ever since February 2019. God. Oh, wow. And do you, do you recall, yeah. Jennifer, if that procedure was in an office or was it outpatient? Can you can you tell me a little bit of that? My heart's my heart's pouring for you right now. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That was outpatient. Um, it was up in um, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, they have a facility there next to the hospital, and they do use the hospital for their outpatient um, procedures. I love the doctors there. They're amazing. They've been working with CDF. Uh, I think they said since since they do these all the time. They explained oh. everything to me very, very clearly. They have followed up with me. I've been back for appointments. They've helped me. Um, and it was, it was, I mean, it was a very scary procedure to think about. Um, but it honestly was not as bad as I thought that it was going to be. Compared to everything that I went through before the procedure, it was 
It was honestly a piece of cake, to be honest with you. And I would go through, I would go it through again a hundred times over. Oh, Jennifer, I have to, I have to say, Jennifer, I have to say that this story that you just shared with our listeners, I'm sure so many can relate to most of this or some of it. And, um, and the last part of our conversation, your, your heart just, just poured out and it was incredible. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I see hope. I see wonderful things. But, Jennifer, we're going to be breaking for our commercial. And I want to thank sure. you from the bottom of my heart, and so does Nancy. Yeah, for thanks, sh- Jennifer. Oh, sure, sharing that incredible story with all of our global listeners. And so now we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we'll continue discussing real-life stories from C. diff survivors. All right, and so stay tuned, and we will return after these messages from our sponsor, Rebiotics. <music> Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Rebiotics, a Faring Pharmaceuticals company, has set out to understand the connection between the microbiome and disease through clinical study and innovative science. Our clinical studies investigate the potential of the microbiome as a therapeutic option for patients with unmet medical needs. Our focus is currently on patients suffering from recurrent C. diff infection. Partnerships drive innovation in the growing field of microbiome technologies, and we're excited to continue to share our findings in the space. Visit Rebiotics.com, R-E-B-I-O-T-I-X.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. And welcome back to the program. I'm Nancy Kerala, your host with Coach Kevin Hirsch. And we're so excited to introduce to you our second guest, Angela, also a C. diff survivor. And... We continue sharing real-life stories from Siege of Survivors today. Angela and Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, Nancy. Thank you. And you know what? I'm recommending to our listeners to get some tissues because I'll tell you, all these stories are coming from the heart, and I can't wait to, to chat with you, Angela. And, and how are you doing today, Angela? I'm doing good. Oh, well, can I just ask you a few questions that, are, that our listeners would love yeah. to hear about? Okay, so yeah. I'm going to start off with the first one. Um, how long ago were you first diagnosed with a C. difficile infection? It was six years ago. Seven years ago, sorry. Seven years ago. Uh-huh. Now, that's when, you were, that's when you were diagnosed. 
Was there, yes. did you have any symptoms prior to that? Uh, yes. Would you share those? Um, I had the diarrhea, the real smelly stool. I'm used to working in healthcare, so I'm real familiar with that smell. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got really dehydrated. I got real bloated, and they found a lot of stuff in my colon. Mm. So I spent and, some and, time in the hospital mm-hmm. on a long period of time with the medications that is prescribed. But it turned out okay. I could not take them. Mm-hmm. And and did you have any reoccurrences? And if you did, how many were there? <sighs> I've had it for about at least seven times. Seven reoccurrences. Yes. You I know, just want um, to say one thing. Also, with C. Yeah. it's not just the elderly that gets it. You can get it anywhere at any age, from babies mm-hmm. to elderly. And and so you've had it for a good seven years now. And um, you know, it's like Nancy. Do you have Do you have the next question for Angela? Absolutely, Angela. Um, during the seven years, you know, we uh, understand C. difficile. Um, you're diagnosed, and then, like, in two weeks or a month later, you get a recurrence, right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, during this time, did your physicians try all of the available medications um, and the ones that are FDA approved? Yes. Okay. So, that would be the vancomycin, the fidaxomycin. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Do, okay. Okay. Um, but, okay. Well, you offered this, uh, the Zimplava, the IV one time, uh, dose, maybe not, maybe you were already resolved the past year or so, right? Right. Okay. So Angela, when, when did you and your physician discuss moving on to the investigational treatment, uh, the fecal microbiota transplant? Um, it was actually in April of 2013, and it was for my infectious disease doctor. Okay. Now, did you only have one, um, was it like via colonoscopy or NG tube or It was through capsule? colonoscopy, and my donor was my daughter, but that one didn't take so two months later. I had another one that my mom was my donor. Okay. And that was what, like how many years ago was that, Angela? That was in 2013. 2013. So one, Did you? My first one was April 2013. The second was July of 2013. Okay. Did you have any others after that? Yes. Okay. Can you share how many more? Um, I had a total of four. Okay. The last one being in July of 2018. Wow. Even as late as last year, huh? Yes. Okay. And was that done? I know. I'm so sorry. Wow. And Angela, last year's um, FMT, now was that a different donor or a different, uh, you know, was it delivered differently? Um, Was it still colonoscopy? Well, actually, it was delivered by colonoscopy, and they just started a donor bank to where I go. Oh, okay. And I was a... Okay. I was a fecal donor. Okay. Okay, well, wonderful. I mean, it resolved the infection. 
and that's that's the the good part here. And you've not had yes, any. Yeah, absolutely. And you didn't have any kind of you know um, side effects from the, any of the FMTs, the four that you had. Um, just one. Where all the stuff that he put into me came right back out. Okay, so that just was not a very good procedure. That one. No. No. I'm so Thank sorry. Can I, say, I was also the physicians. I was one of his first 25 that had FMT done with him. Wow. Well, that's that's wonderful because uh, you know that's you know groundbreaking and for new treatments uh, on the horizon um, that are coming through yeah. to treat C. difficile infections. So we're grateful for anything that you know comes into the pipeline and. Uh, also, and um, one thing I wanted to ask you, um, you have, I know you've had the four um, FMTs, but now that it's 2019 uh, and you don't need one, thank goodness, this year, but was your insurance involved at, at all or did you have insurance to help you with, you know, to you yes, navigate through it? Yes, I had insurance me. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, a, a lot of our like our colonoscopy. Okay, procedure. a lot of our patients and families they always get you know have that hard time, uh, especially if they don't have the insurance. But it's really good to know that a lot more insurance companies are now you know um, uh, covering this procedure. So this is good news. And and Kevin, yeah, um, go ahead, Angela. I'm sorry. I was going to say there are. Like the university hospitals, if you don't have insurance, they do have funding in each state that will help with the paying of FMT. Okay. And also, if you have like your donor being like a relative, your mom or your daughter, for them to be tested for any communicable diseases such as uh, hepatitis C, HIV, their testing has to be billed to the patient's insurance. Okay. Well, that's really good to know. Thanks for sharing that, Angela. Kevin, did you want to um, ask Angela and continue with the FMT line? No, I'm 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 actually enjoying listening to you both. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> a, I actually am. I, I hate to say it, but I'm sitting here just in wonderment over the conversation. And oh, Angela, cool. you're so authentic, and I love your story right now. Uh, yes, thanks, Angela. Thank you. Yep. I'm going to start crying all over again. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, you know, from one C. diff, fellow C. diff survivor to another, <laughs> we know the journey. Um, Angela, yes, you know, do. I know, right? Um, did you engage in any clinical trials or look into the clinical trials while you no, were going through? No, I was not able to because of okay. other health issues. Okay. Oh, but you did. You did investigate and research them. Yes, I did online. Okay. Oh, that's good. I'm so and sorry I you weren't. The CETA Foundation. Oh. Well, that's great that you you visited the web page. We love when our patients' families visit the web page. Um, we try to put as much yeah, information great, out there. It's a great foundation. Aw, well, thank you, and you know we appreciate that so much, Angela. 
Um, and Angela, how long after the FMT did the C. diff infection symptoms um, lessen? Well, it took mine, actually, it took about six to eight weeks because even though I don't have C. diff, if I start having, like, it starts with my stools because I also got IBS versus uh, ulcerative colitis. When that starts acting up again, I always make sure I have a stool for C. diff. But usually it's about six to eight weeks. Okay. Now, Angela, have you had to go back on antibiotics after you have had your last um, FMT last year? No. Okay. Well, that's good. Has I, I'll doctor... take it back for a fungal infection. I did. I only take those for like a week, okay. a short period did... of time. Okay, and it didn't disrupt anything. Right. Okay, well, that's really good news. Well, I, I just can't thank you enough, uh, Angela, for sharing your journey. Uh, it's been a long haul. I know that. Um, Kevin, do you want to ask anything actually, to Angela? Actually, I do, if I if I may. And Angela, we have, about a, we have about a minute left, Angela, and I, and I can't thank you enough for sharing. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, something that I'll, they can... I'll leave you stay positive, have a good support group around you and always you can do it and C. diff is strong makes you stronger and and you can find information on the C. diff foundation website that's where you researched am I correct that's what you said before yes it is and I also have pamphlets that I sent up to my um my gastro doctor oh my gosh and my primary yeah. doctor well, you know what? It, it, it takes a lot to get on the radio and to share a story. Uh, you dug in deep and you shared so much with us, and I can't thank you enough. And and I'm I'm just inspired by the entire day. That's, I'm just sitting back here. It was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. So thank you, Angela. It is. Thank you. Thank, thank you very you much. So much. And also thank you for sharing your story with our global listeners. And we are going to pause for our commercial break. And when we return, we're going to continue hearing real-life stories from C. diff survivors. And in the next segment, segment three, we'll be joined by Dr. Dale Garding, a renowned physician. You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned, and we'll return after these messages from our sponsor, Rebiotics. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. To help support the C. Diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1 844 4 C. Diff. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. 
Rebiotics, a Faring Pharmaceuticals company, has set out to understand the connection between the microbiome and disease through clinical study and innovative science. Our clinical studies investigate the potential of the microbiome as a therapeutic option for patients with unmet medical needs. Our focus is currently on patients suffering from recurrent C. diff infection. Partnerships drive innovation in the growing field of microbiome technologies, and we're excited to continue to share our findings in the space. Visit Rebiotics.com, R-E-B-I-O-T-I-X.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, everyone. We're so glad you're here with us today. And I'm Nancy Kerala, your host with Coach Kevin Hirsch. Today, we are sharing real-life stories from C. diff survivors along with our special guest, Dr. Dale Girding. Uh, We felt this program would have interest to all C. diff patients and their caregivers and families. We wanted to add even more value. And right now, I'm honored to include Dr. Dale Girding to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Girding. My pleasure. Well, we're so glad you're here. And Dr. Girding, I know you have such an extensive background um, with research and education uh, and treating patients with C. diff. Um, if you wouldn't mind, just to take a moment and explain what exactly is a C. diff infection? Oh, that's um, an important question because it's a bacterial infection. So uh, C. diff is a bacteria that is unique in that it forms something called spores that enable it to survive in soil and water. So it's pretty much around us everywhere. And it also can be found in some foodstuffs, not, you know, particularly often, but most of us uh, probably are exposed to it almost every day. We ingest it probably with things we eat, Um, but we don't get sick. And the reason we don't get sick is that we have normal bacteria in our gut that protect us against C. diff. And so C. diff is one of those unique infections that uh, starts with antibiotic therapy. Normally you get an infection and then you take an antibiotic. In the case of C. diff, you take the antibiotic first, and that has an unintended consequence of disrupting your normal bacteria in your gut. And if you happen to encounter C. diff spores with that condition, then you can become infected and the C. diff will then establish itself in your gut and it produces something called toxins. They're like poisons and those toxins really are damaging to the lining of the gut, causing you to have diarrhea and abdominal pain. And, um, you know, clearly this is a... uh, gastrointestinal infection. It's confined to just the lower GI tract, the colon, and it is uh, devastating, particularly in patients who are uh, elderly like me uh, and who get C. diff because uh, we don't tolerate it very well and uh, mortality can be running as high as 5% or more. So it's a devastating infection. 
highly likely to occur in the hospital rather than in the community, although it also can be picked up in the community, uh, especially if you take antibiotics and you're in the community. So that's kind of a quick sketch of the disease. Um, and um, maybe we can uh, develop it a little more if you have additional questions. No, absolutely. And, you know, Dr. Gerding, we've heard about recurrences. And maybe you can just take a few minutes and explain what is a C. Diff- a recurrence and why do recurrences happen? Now, that's a really good question because recurrent C. diff means that you get treated for your initial episode. And then usually within weeks or a month or, or so, uh, you start getting diarrhea symptoms back again, and you need to be retreated once again. Now, a good question is, what is happening there? Well, one of the things that's certainly happening is that to be treated for C. diff requires that you take an antibiotic by mouth that is not absorbed generally. It, it stays in the gut, but in the process of attacking the C. diff organism, it also damages the normal bacteria in the gut, just the same way that the original antibiotic that you took damaged the normal bacteria in the gut. So um, what we think is happening is that the C. diff after treatment may not be eliminated. In fact, uh, in most patients, it's not, and it regrows. And if um, conditions are right, it can, again, begin to make toxins and cause the patient to become symptomatic again and require treatment again, uh, often again with another antibiotic uh, or the same antibiotic as was used originally. The problem isn't resistance of the bacteria to the antibiotic. We think the problem is that the antibiotic is damaging the normal bacteria in the gut as well as the C. diff. So, and these recurrences, unfortunately, in a very small percentage of people can occur repeatedly. So you get one recurrence, then two, then three, and you you know well uh, how difficult that can be to manage. So, exactly. Um, recurrences are, are, are a problem in about 25% of patients who have C. diff. So it's not an insignificant issue for people. And it's something that uh, we try to warn patients about when they're first treated so that if they're at home and they get symptoms again, that they report back promptly so that they can be retested and retreated. Exactly. Thanks so much, Dr. Gerding, for sharing that. And we realize that the landscape of C. difficile infections, they've changed over the decades. And um, please explain to our global listeners of how a C. diff infection is diagnosed. Well, that's a really good question because um, we're not doing a great job of diagnosing this problem. And there's um, there's two major ways in which uh, C. diff is diagnosed. And it, both of the methods involve collecting stool from the patient and then testing it, either for test, testing directly for the toxins in the stool, those poisons that the C. diff makes, which can be detected, or trying to detect the C. diff organism that is carrying the genes for toxin production. So there's two different methods. One of them is exquisitely sensitive. That's the 
method that's used to detect the bacteria and detect the toxin genes that is done with something called PCR, polymerase chain reaction testing, very sensitive and has been criticized as being too sensitive because it will pick up C. diff in patients who might be asymptomatic and just carrying the organism in the gut. The other test, the test for the actual toxin in the stool, is not as sensitive as the PCR test, uh, but it is thought to correlate better with people who have C. diff disease, although that is not definitively proven either. So um, we really uh, are recommending in some instances that we use a test algorithm. An algorithm is simply a series of tests. So there are some tests that can detect a particular antigen that's in C. diff. It's called glutamate dehydrogenase or GDH. If you can pick that up, that means you've got C. diff in your gut. And then you can follow that with a toxin test to see if it's one of these strains that makes toxin because there are some C. diff strains that don't make these toxins or poisons and are completely harmless. So that's that would be something called a test algorithm. And sometimes you have a GDH test that's positive, but the toxin test is negative, and you don't know what to do with that, so you might then revert to doing a PCR test to sort of break the tie and determine whether the patient uh, really has C. diff or not. But it's not easy, and it's not straightforward, and we um, we really uh, couple the diagnostic testing of the stool with the symptoms that the patient is having. So we feel that patients should have at least three unformed or liquid stools per day to qualify for testing uh, because diarrhea is a fairly common event. I think most of us have one or two diarrheal stools every few weeks or months, but we don't usually have multiple episodes of diarrhea in the same day that persist day after day. So uh, when that happens, that's an indication that you might want to test for C. diff, especially if you've been taking antibiotics prior to that. Exactly. Well, thank Long you so answer. much, Doctor. <laughs> oh, no, you know I'm what? Not, it sure is. It's a, it's... No, it's perfect because, Dr. Gerding, we all know it, the testing is really complicated. And, you know, this is the, like you said, it's, it's, do you test for the toxins and, you know, there's one for this and one for that. And not everyone's on the same page, are they? No, that's exactly right. So one hospital might be doing PCR testing. Another hospital might be doing toxin testing. Uh, Some of them will be doing these things called algorithms where they do a series of tests. There's all kinds of testing going on right now. And, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we have a consensus about what the best um, method to do the testing is right now. And we're still struggling with this. So stay tuned. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That'll be the next show. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, Dr. Gerding, we have three minutes before we break for commercial. And in that three minutes, um, would you explain the clinical trials that are in progress and that patients and their families can consider as a treatment option for recurrent C. diff infections? Yeah, there there are a number of trials, and, and many of them 
involve the use of uh, fecal microbiome transplants. And uh, I would encourage patients to enter these trials because we're still trying to gather information about just how effective these uh, fecal transplants are and how safe they are. And um, I think if you enter a trial, you know, there's a chance that you might be randomized to a placebo. But all of these trials realize that patients really want to be treated with FMT. And so they, they will be offered open-label FMT if they happen to fail in the trial and received a placebo. So you will eventually be treated with FMT. And I, I would encourage all your listeners to try to join one of these trials. If, if you don't know if there's a trial in your vicinity, um, you can go on online at something called clinicaltrials.gov where all of these clinical trials are listed. And, um, you know, find out whether there is a trial available in your vicinity that you might be able to enter into. There are some other trials going on, and there's also an approved drug for recurrence. Uh, that's a monoclonal antibody. It's called bezlotuximab, and it also can be taken, uh, and it is uh, available. It doesn't require a clinical trial, and it will reduce the frequency of recurrence in uh, patients by at least 10%, um, and, it, and it works best in people who have high risk factors uh, for recurrent C. diff infection. So bezeltuximab, uh, fecal, fecal microbiota transplants, we are doing another study, but it's uh, confined to the uh, U.S. Veterans Affairs Hospitals in which we're comparing a number of different antibiotic regimens, including a drug called fidaxomycin and another uh, drug called vancomycin, which is administered as a um, regular dose plus tapering and pulse dosing. So you take it for five weeks instead of uh, just for 10 days. Uh, we're doing that trial to see if that will help reduce the frequency of recurrence in patients. There's also a new antibiotic being tested in clinical trials. It's called ridinilazole, um, and I think patients probably with their first recurrence might be eligible for that trial as well. So um, lots of uh, treatments out there. Uh, we're hoping that uh, at least one of them is soon going to be uh, approved by the FDA so that it will become available widespread for people to use. Absolutely. Dr. Gerning, we are so grateful for you joining us today. Um, we always appreciate your expertise, views, and your educational information. And we are just grateful at this time, though. We're going to say happy holidays to you and your family and hope that you join us back really soon in 2020. And right now we're going to continue um, with our final speaker uh, after the break and real-life stories from CGIF survivors. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Thank you. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Rebiotics, a faring pharmaceuticals company, has set out to understand the connection between the microbiome and disease through clinical study and innovative science. Our clinical studies investigate the potential of the microbiome as a therapeutic option for patients with unmet medical needs. Our focus is currently on patients suffering from recurrent C. diff infection. Partnerships drive innovation in the growing field of microbiome technologies, and we're excited to continue to share our findings in the space. Visit Rebiotics.com, R-E-B-I-O-T-I-X.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, everyone. We thank you for joining us today. We are so grateful for our listeners joining us, and we're so grateful to be here today with you. I'm Nancy Kerala with our host, Kevin Hirsch. And we are welcoming our seed of survivor, Robin, to the show. Uh, and Robin is going to share her journey with us. And Robin, welcome to the show. And thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Nancy and Kevin. Oh, my gosh. We can't wait to chat with you and to, for you to share your story with everyone. And you know what? If I can just ask you some questions, is that okay, Robin? Sure. Sounds good. You know, the first one, and I've asked the other other folks, and we all love to know, um, or we need to know, how long ago were you first diagnosed with a C. difficile infection? It was three years ago, you know, healthy 38-year-old girl, a runner, pretty strong, and um, I just had back-to-back illnesses that required antibiotics, and um, yeah, it was about three years ago, 2016. Back to back illnesses, and they all and they all required antibiotics. Both, um, I was on antibiotics for about five days with each. Once in the month of October, once in November, and by December, I got the symptoms for C. diff. Does your physician have an idea how you acquired that infection? Um, she tested me almost immediately, um, knowing that I had been on the antibiotics. Both were broad spectrum antibiotics. Um, mm-hmm. So she had a hunch um, that that's what I was um, going through. Um, she had me tested immediately, and um, the day after I was tested, she called me and confirmed the diagnosis. Mm. And 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 how did that, just I just want to ask a, a, an off the cuff question how did how did that how did you respond to that news and and did you want to move forward and you wanted to beat this or what was that? Well, the only thing I had ever heard about C. diff was that older people in nursing homes got it. So I didn't know much about the infection. Um, I just, the, and back then, the first line of treatment was flagell. So she prescribed the flagell, and we went from there. Wow, okay, okay. Um, how, was your, how was your first diagnosis treated? 
Um, she started with the flagell. Um, I happened to be allergic to that. And um, it was within the next couple of days I was put on my first dose of vancomycin. Okay. All right. Anything else? Um, following uh, the first dose of vancomycin, um, the doctor had stated earlier how there's recurrences. Um, my doctor didn't technically con- uh, consider them recurrences because my symptoms throughout treatment never went away. Um, mm-hmm. So I was on a total of four rounds of antibiotics, um, four rounds of the vancomycin, just distrib- distributed differently. Um, we did like a pulse taper towards the end. Uh, that coupled with probiotics um, after seven months, that is what um, beat the CDF in my first bout. And I was going to ask you about those probiotics. Now, now, what what time frame are we looking at? I mean, you said you you were having. Um, the antibiotics, I believe, uh, in October, November, and then December, you were diagnosed. Now, what time frame are we looking at now after your treated diagnosis? So, by the end of December is when I um, started having the severe symptoms. So, in January, mm-hmm. January 4th, I was diagnosed with the C. diff. Um, yeah. It wasn't until May of um, the, of that, 2017 that I actually started um, to, my symptoms started to lessen. Um, and it actually wasn't until July of 2017 that I was well again. Now, now, did your physicians or, or your physicians try all of the available medications available and FDA approved? Um, in the first bout, they tried the Flagyl and Vinco. In my mm-hmm. second bout, it was when they um, tried the Deficit and the two fecal transplants. Got it. Got it. Now, when did you, you and your physician discuss moving on to an investigational treatment, uh, the FMT? So um, last summer, September 2018, I was diagnosed with a kidney infection. That was treated with uh, Macrobid, which um, was supposed to be safer um, than a broad-spectrum antibiotic. Unfortunately, it wasn't safe for me. So the C. diff came back about a week after taking um, the Macrobid. Um, from there, he, I called the office. I immediately knew what the symptoms were. I knew exactly what it was. I tested mm-hmm. positive the following day. He put me on the deficit and scheduled my first um, transplant um, 10 days later. 10 days later. Okay. All right. And how was the FMT done? Was it in an office setting, hospital setting? It was in the hospital. Um, my first transplant was administered um, by capsules. Okay. Capsule. All right. Would you like to elaborate on that anymore? Um, no, there were capsules. It was fecal matter from microbiome. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, you know, there's, um, there's, there's a couple of minutes left. And what I'd love to do is ask you is um, about your, about how you feel and what we, what you can share with our listeners. All right. What, what can you share right now, Robin, to, to guide our listeners right now? I think there's two main things um, for um, seat of patients. If you have a great doctor who helped you through this process, who listened to you, who um, worked with you to help you with the steps of the process, your symptoms, what you're feeling, someone who's open, um, get their name out there. Go to the message boards, go to the support groups, and let people know how great your doctor was. And if you don't have a good doctor, also share that information. But most of us are, you know, we, we wanted a doctor who would work with us and help us through it. And um, I know that's like one of the main sentiments throughout the um, support groups. Who was your doctor? Who will help me through this? The second thing is, is you have to fight. Um, you have to fight with your care team if they're not listening. You know what CDF is like. Many doctors have not had CDF. 
you have to fight to stay well, you have to fight for your life, and you have to fight for your care. And you know what's best for you. Um, but you have to just stay strong. It's, it's hard to get through, um, but it's something that you will get through if you're determined. You're, you'll be see this. You know, that's really important what you just said, Robin, was, was to just fight for you. I just put a post up today that said the same thing. Go fall down seven, get up eight. And it really has to be that don't give up. Do not give up. There'll be gray days, right, Robin? There'll be gray days. Never get up. Give up. Never give up. Never give up. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you so much. This is, oh, I love your story. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it so much. Oh, we appreciate you being here. And, you know, right now we're just so grateful for you and the fellow C. diff survivors and Dr. Gerding and Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us today on C. diff scores and more. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, right now, at this time, the members of the CEDA Foundation wish to acknowledge all of the organizations and professionals dedicated to improving health, researching and developing new products and ways to address C. difficile infections in the prevention, treatment, protecting the gut microbiome, clinical trials, diagnostics, and environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about C. difficile infections and recurrent C. diff, uh, please look at our website, cdifffoundation.org. Help them to help you to help others. Stop by the CDF Foundation's website also to download a free copy of the Interprofessional Pathways for Successful Transitions of Care in Patients and Glostridiotes in Difficile Infection Guide. And under the Healthcare Professionals tab, you will find Improving Care Transitions in Clostridiotes Difficile Infection Webinar and earn one free CME. It's worth your time. Uh, We also want to mention that we are sending out our get well wishes to all the patients being treated and recovering from a C. different infection and the many wellness training illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with Kevin Hirsch, an international health coach. And we would like to say that none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, continued healing, and a great day. Thank you for joining us. <music> Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. together.